Welcome back, everybody, to season three of Brothers in the Deep End. We're here today with a special guest. Before we get into that, we want to thank everybody for all the support, all the sharing, all the liking, all the comments. Without you guys, we wouldn't be here today, and we appreciate every single one of you guys. As long as we impact one person on every episode, you know that's what we're doing. He got that from me. All right, keep going. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, you know, today's episode is going to be a little crazy, crazy. You feel me? I, I really like this topic that we're about to get into. You know, in the world we live in today, many people believe that everything happens for a reason. And a lot of people are always trying to pursue their dreams. And in the process, a lot of people, I feel like, always feel like their their backs are against the wall. And there's nowhere to go and, like, nowhere to look. You know, always having a backup plan for their dream to pivot towards something in case it never goes as planned. Well, today, we're here to give you the perfect example. We're here with a special guest, a.k.a. Master Chief, the barber himself, <laughs> Check. Um, you know, he knows what it's like to go through the struggle when no one else believed in him. And only a select few of people stood with him and rocked with him the whole entire time. Throughout all the doubt and all the backup plans, he still managed to pursue what he loves and continues what he does today. So he has a voice for the people and understands what it means to be at an all-time low with real-life struggles. Not many people could relate to that, but many people can. You know, coming out of the Bronx, becoming a popular barber, cutting hair for many influencers and celebrities. We're here today with Check. So he can tell us his story on how he got out and he's going to influence everyone here today. So, you know, for everyone here tuning in, take it away, Check. Thank you for coming on today. It's a pleasure to have you. Absolutely, fellas. Thank you for having me, man. I'm definitely right. honored. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, yeah, that was a pretty awesome introduction. Thank you. Like he said earlier, man, my name is Check. Full name Joshua Pacheco, but I go by Check. You know, that's just something right. that stood with me through high school. Pretty mm -hmm. much derived from playing baseball. No one calls you by your first name in sports. It's Pacheco, Pacheco, Pacheco. And then it. Check yeah, check check is much easier to say check check check. Yeah, yeah. Pacheco. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It went from check to checks to check. You said checks like checks mix. Yeah, I'm yeah, checks. Fine. Yeah, people call me checks nah, mix. That's checks is fire. Yo, checks. <laughs> this shit is fire. So, uh, but yeah, man, like you said, I'm from the Bronx, man. I, I come from the northeast portion of the Bronx. I come from Baychester Projects. You know what I'm saying? Born and raised there. I'm actually still there, unfortunately. But uh, you know, working my way up. And yeah, man. So. You know, currently I'm a barber, men's hairstylist. I like to give myself the title of men's hair sculptor. It separates mm -hmm. me from the average barber because at the end of the day, I am sculpting hair, sculpting beards, whatever the case may be. Oh my God. Okay, he's and, a sculptor, um, hair sculptor. Hair sculptor. You heard it here first, man. You don't hear that a lot. <laughs> but yeah, man, and uh, I did have dreams of becoming a news reporter, which we'll delve into a little bit later on in this episode. But I definitely hit some some low points in my life, man. And um, I'm glad to be where I'm at today with a lot of support from family and friends. Mm -hmm. I lost a lot of support along the way. I lost Word. a lot of friends. It is what it is, though. People come and go. But um, you got to keep pushing. Word. So take us take us to your foundation and your upbringing with, like, your parents and, like, growing up in, you know, that, that side of the Bronx. Absolutely, how man. that was. For sure, for sure. So like I said, I'm from Baychester Projects. Um, they're actually not projects no more. They were purchased out by uh, LLC. And now they're considered luxury condominiums. Mm -hmm. But I am, of course, from Edenwald Projects. That's more of a familiar name in the right. Bronx. So when yeah. I say Edenwald, mm -hmm. people have an idea. When I say that name, they're like, whoa, you're crazy. I'm like, no, listen, I'm, I'm not in the streets. I'm it not out like here. That. It ain't like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's not like that. But yeah, man, so I grew up there. I uh, went from building to building to building. <laughs> as funny as that sounds, like I literally haven't left there. My father's been there since he was 14. He's 56 now. Mm -hmm. So that says a lot. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, man, so I, I lived in one building until up, until I was about like seven. I have an older sister. She's five years older than me. Once I once she hit that age where she needed her own privacy, that's when we made a move to another building. Years went on, years went on. My sister moved out. 
And my parents separated when I was 10 years old, unfortunately. Very tough situation to go through at such a young age. And um, time went on and eventually, unfortunately, around like right when I started college, I got evicted. Well, my dad got evicted technically. Mm-hmm. Owed tons of money, you know, it was tough doing it by himself. I couldn't really do much. I was 17, 18. I wasn't getting no right. type of money. Mm-hmm. So we got evicted and now we live with my uncle who I'm extremely thankful for in the next building over. So like when you mm-hmm. go to the complex, I literally went from this building to this building to this building. It's like a triangle. Yeah, like a triangle. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm still there, but I'm doing way better things for myself that's going to propel me to a to a level that my parents have never reached, which is the point. Mm-hmm. And I don't say that to shit on my parents, right? I appreciate everything they've done. I have a great relationship mm-hmm. with both my parents, by the way. But the goal is to be better than them and whatever course. they do. Of course. Like, you know, as we're the next kin, right? You want to be the new and improved. Like my dad would tell me, oh, you're the new and improved. You know what I'm saying? You got to raise the standards. So my kid got to be better than me. And I got to prepare things so he could, you know, like I said, be better. And then he, his kin will be better. And therefore, therefore, yeah. um, tell us about your parents and like what was the level they reached you said they haven't reached the level you're trying to get out or what the case may be what what's their level that they reached all right well i'll keep it straight bro my father dropped out in ninth grade Mm -hmm. after getting left back three times um you know he followed the streets he lived that street life you know he sold the drugs he did what he had to do to get by you know did some time whatever the case may be and then my mother she I think she dropped out of high school. Well, I think she went back. Well, no, she dropped out of high school, but later on, and then she obtained her GED. And then she got her associates and her bachelor's when I was like six, five. Mm-hmm. Six or five, excuse me. Yeah, <laughs> and, I was like, damn, I'm you, not man, six, I was like, damn you, man, I talk, bro. I like, <laughs> yeah, I lost, I lost height. I lost height. <laughs> um, so she went to college. She finished college, got her degrees when I was about like six or seven, six, between five and seven. And um, my father has been in the same warehouse he's been in for the past 30 years. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, like, what is he doing in the warehouse? He's a shipping supervisor, so he handles all shipping. He packages, he packs things up, tapes up the box, prints the label, puts them on the truck. So basically, like, like a, he's been a robot for thirty years. Yeah, exactly. He's been a robot for thirty years, and he's probably had like in the last thirty years, maybe total six, ten, six to seven dollar raise. It's it's fucking sad, and, and no ben, like no, no benefits. benefits, none at all, bro, none at all, zero. Does he have like a retirement plan set up for him? No, he doesn't. Un- even unfortunately, the, no. Unfortunately, you know, my father, he wasn't as exposed to things like that. He's the, he's the youngest of five. So his older brother, my uncle, was like twenty when he was born, doing his own thing. When his older brothers were away in the army, another older brother was away at drum corps, which is like drumline kind of shit. Yeah, yeah. And then his older, this, the brother he looked up to was running the streets. So my father just followed him. Damn. You know, and, and and just got stuck in that stuck in that circle, that, bro. that hole, that crab in a barrel mentality, basically. Yep. So I was gonna but, say, how did it make you feel like to be like one of the first in your family at like the youngest to get like a degree? <coughs> Excuse me, uh, man. To be honest, I'm the first to do it straight through, right? I did five years of college, but that's because I left for athletic reasons mm-hmm. compared to academic reasons. I made the mistake by letting my athletics get in front of my academics. Whatever, though, no regrets there. Just another year of knowledge for me. Um, it felt amazing bro to be honest with you it felt like i'm literally capable of doing whatever like once i went straight through to college i already did more than my parents 
I mean, yeah. you also did mourning your parents, but just going through, did you go straight through a high school as well? Yes. So you did that as well. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Your mom, you said she left and went back, but your dad mm-hmm. never. My father never went back, unfortunately, yeah. man. I was like, you're literally breaking barriers, every, like off every, yeah, every step, step of the way. way. So, like, it sets up, like Ethan said, I think for the next of kin. So if you ever, you know, choose to have like little, a little check. Oh yeah, definitely, man. You know, I, I want, I want four baby checks. I ain't oh, gonna you, lie to you. you. I want, a, I want a legacy, bro. See, I say that, and Crazy. and I say that, and a lot of eyebrows raise, and I get that. It's a lot on my woman. You know what I'm saying? Whoever she is, whoever she will be. But uh, don't worry, baby. I'm gonna take care of you. We good. Oh, you shit, feel me? Okay. We good. Don't worry about that. You gotta find a box and check it. You did. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, man. But um, yeah. So if my parents didn't do what they did, right? Like I wouldn't be who I am. Mm-hmm. Because I probably wouldn't have any sort of factors to motivate me to the, to the extent that I'm motivated now. You know what I'm saying? But some people don't get motivated by that. How, yeah, how, some people get, like, stuck in it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. thank God you didn't get stuck in it. What kind of, like, sparked that light on you, like, to say, all right, I got to get out of this? Was it, you know, seeing your parents stuck in that box? Or oh. was it just you? And I was going to say, do you have, like, a story as well that would be like, damn, like, all right, I, this sucks. Yeah. Like, you have a story like yeah, that? Yeah, bro. Um, so to be honest, like, until I started making my own money, all my father, because I lived with my father, right? My parents separated at 10. They, you know, my mother went her, she went wherever she went. But but like I said, I have a great relationship with my mother. Like, I don't want to mm-hmm. make make you think otherwise. Yeah. She stood in the Bronx, whatever the case may be. But ever since I went to college, bro, it was like every day was a struggle. Every single day. I probably wouldn't have a meal. You know what I'm saying? My father couldn't do this. He couldn't get this. He didn't have this. My father was penny pinching, living check to check. You know, making make X amount of money in a week that I make in a day now. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So all I know knew was that struggle. And it, it hit a point where I'm just like, yo, I'm fucking tired of this shit. Like, I'm tired of eating noodles. No funny shit. Like, it sounds very stereotypical, bro. I mean, I live off noodles. Don't get me wrong. I love them shits. You still have them to this day, right? Sometimes, uh, yeah. Okay. If, if I can, you know what I mean? But yeah. I, whatever. But, you know, just every day, every day, every day was a struggle. I asked my dad for $5. And my father makes a sacrifice. He'll give me his last $5. But then I'll notice, like, yo, my dad's broke. You know what I'm saying? I don't like this shit. My father's been wearing the same shirts for six, seven years. I haven't gotten a new pair of sneakers for 10 years. Like, I'm I'm not with this shit, bro. Roaches all over my apartment. Crack Coke bags in my in my elevator. Piss every single day in the staircase. I'm like, yo, I'm fed the fuck up with this shit, man. Excuse my language, but it just, it would infuriate me. But it wouldn't get me mad to the point where I'm like, I'm walking away from all of this. I'm done. It got me mad to the point where it's like, all right, I gotta be better. Mm-hmm. Because I will be damned if I'm my father's age living this way. And it sounds fucked up. But that's the that's me taking a negative and turning it into a positive, which nah, is what a I, lot of people can't do. Yeah, Absolutely. I agree with you because, no offense to everyone out there working, when, you know, people out there got these degrees and they're working the same job that I have or something like that, just basic job. I'm like, bro, you have your degree. You've been here for like 20 years. What like, are you doing? What are you doing? You know, you're a little older than me. It's like, I'm like, nah, I can't do this. Like, you know, say I'm here temporary, like. This is only a little pit stop. I got to keep on elevating. I can't be in the same spot all the time. Uh, I mean, if they're happy, they're happy. But I'm making the same amount of money as you. I'm younger than you. You have more credentials than me. Like, how does that make any sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't, bro. And it's, it really comes down to the person themselves, right? Because uh, I feel like we're going to get into this a little later when we talk about my barbering career. But the question about what am I doing with my degree came up from my dad himself. And that was a good conversation. But I'm going to save that for later, bro. But you're right. But what that comes, where that comes from is being stagnant and being complacent. And you notice how you said they're a little older than you? Yeah, I think people get comfortable. Oh, bro, too and, many and people maybe, get comfortable. Maybe your dad's just comfortable or, you know, people, it's fear sometimes holding you back. 
the fear of the unknown, bro. Yeah. You're hitting the nail on the head. I'm sorry yeah. to cut you off. No, no, no. The fear of the unknown, right? It's like me sometimes with weight, with weight training per se. Like it's like, oh, like I feel comfortable with this weight. If I go up an extra ten pounds, I don't know. Like it's gonna put me uncomfortable. I'm scared of that failure. But the only way for me to get stronger and surpass that is by testing that level. And I can't be afraid to take the L's. Like when we was coming in the car, Gary Vee says, you know, the number one thing to be happy in life is like to accept the losses and like. Don't be afraid of it. Like, embrace the losses. All right, you, you took an L? Fuck it, embrace it. Bounce back. Is. Yeah, bounce, bounce back. back. And just, you know, embrace the L. Like, going to the expectation, all right, I might take an L with this. And just be happy. With, sometimes you don't be so happy with them. Be like, all right, I took this L. Next. Yeah. Even, Learn from me and bounce back. Even, like, back. along, like, with fear, I think it also goes into, like, like one of the things, like, people are really, like, safe with, like, security. You know what I'm saying? Like, people get, like Ethan said, I think, too comfortable and they feel like they're secure in this job. And then they feel like, you know, they got nothing else better going for them. Mm -hmm. And honestly, like, even if you have, like, the money and you're securing the job, I still feel like it's also, like, important to, like, branch out and maybe, like, invest in things that can also make you money. You know right. what I'm saying? Absolutely. And we're going to bounce back to check. But that's the same thing with investing your money, too, and being comfortable. Oh, yeah. You know, I tell, you know, my mindset changed when I got a little bit more financial literate, right? But before, I was scared to drop my money on certain investments or what the case may be. Oh, yeah. Scared you know? Some, yeah. Now, it's like... Fuck yeah, I'm gonna take the risk. Oh, money, I'm gonna just throw it in. You know, and I tell some people, all right, you know, invest in this, do that. I tell Casey, he was like, yeah, yeah you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and yeah. then <laughs> when he finally did it, he was like, oh shit, E, like, you know what I'm saying? So it's just like, that's just it's the all whole the same concept. Thing. Yeah. So I was gonna say, check. So back to your story. So, you know, you said you, you gave us like this upbringing and struggle. So after college and all this shit, like, how did you get into barbering? Like, how did you become the check? And but, yeah, man. but also, he went to college for, bro, you. I got you. So I went to school. Initially, I was a yeah, psychology major. College, yeah, right? So college. I went into school. I went into college 2013, graduated. I graduated from Bronx Engineering and Technology Academy, a small school in the Kennedy mm -hmm. campus. I used to attend Mount St. Michael Catholic School in the Bronx. Um, yeah, when, my, my cousin went there, I think. Mount St. Michael. Oh, Diddy? Yeah? Isn't that where Diddy pumped? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. My cousin, yeah, my cousin graduated from there. Yeah, like, small. Okay. <laughs> his yeah. sons and his sons went to Iona. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Iona's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, bro, going from Catholic to public was like a drastic change. Oh, yeah. I do not recommend putting your children in public school in New York City. It is a it is a whole different world. Like I was explaining this to somebody earlier. Well, you today. went from I mean, we went to public yeah, school. Yeah, I was gonna school. say, do you think because though, like that exposure like is well, good least, for children? Oh yeah, because I feel like some kids just need that shit. Bro, to, to be completely honest with you, man, I would not put my children in New York City public school. Never. I mean, well, at I, least the public depends. school I went to. Yeah, okay, okay. Okay, because I, was gonna say, I there are some really good ones. Right, there are. I'm sure there's some out here in Brooklyn, you know what I mean? And and in the nicer parts of New York City. But wow, I went to Kennedy, bro. I yeah, went to Kennedy. Nah, nah, nah. Like, we played them. Yeah, yeah exactly. I know that high school. What high school was we went to? Uh, I went to Fort Hamilton, so we played. Oh, you went to Fort Hamilton? Okay. Yeah. What sport? Yeah. I played football, baseball, bro. Football, football. Football, okay. Yeah. So All we right. played Kennedy, we played Clinton. So like, but even Crazy. going, it was like a little like, eh. Yeah, it's shake. You got to go yeah. through the metal detectors, yeah, yeah. all that yeah. shit. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, man. So boom, went to high school, went to Kennedy. And then I went to the college of Mount St. Vincent, private institution over there in Riverdale mm -hmm. in the Bronx. Um, I initially went as a psychology major because my mother was a psych major, counting minor. So I'm like, hmm, I want to be like mommy. You know what I'm saying? I want I want to know how the human brain works to the extent where I even <laughs> I took a class called Psych of women, because I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm about cool. to figure it out now. <laughs> right. That was a dub. Get in touch with yeah, your I, feminine side. You <laughs> I tried, me? man. But uh, so I ended up, you know, switching majors and I went to communication. I wasn't really aware what communication entailed mm -hmm. until my sophomore year. And then that's when I found my love for news reporting. 
And uh, I pursued that for a few years. I went to Lehman College, transferred once I said in the beginning, as I said in the beginning of the pod, uh, for baseball reasons. But, I went, but then I went back because I just felt uncomfortable at Lehman. And that wasn't uncomfortable that I wanted to be in. There's some uncomfortables where you should be. Yeah, I, no, no, there's two differences. Exactly. I, I know I know what you're talking about. Where it's like, mm, this, this not your vibe is telling you no. Yeah. And then there's the uncomfortable that's holding you back, which yeah. is yeah, what yeah, we yeah. talked about earlier. So I just felt out of place at Lehman. So I went back to MSV, and then that's when I actually interned at Fox 5. That's when I really, really took off with my, like, reporting career. Mm-hmm. I interned at Fox 5. I... I did the whole thing, man. Like I interviewed a few celebrities. I, I was at events. I was interviewing people on the street. I was doing what I love because I love to talk. I love to tell stories and I love to inform people in my community or just whoever I could touch, you know, but, um, well, whoever my words can touch rather. But uh, yeah, so news reporting, news reporting and the freshman year, I'm, I'm running through my meal plan, bro, because I'm working out every day, baseball. So I have no money to eat. I'm, I'm like, dad, listen, I'm tired of asking you and mom for money. Like I want to cut hair. There's some starter clippers on Amazon. Can I get them? Ten bucks. Yeah, of course. Ten dollars. And then that's it, man. Ever since then, it took off. Yeah. What made you come up with the idea that you want to come here? Was it because I know I went to college away to school. And so, like, the thing when I, I dormed was, over there, too. I'm sorry yeah, to cut when, you off. When you, when you dorm, right? It's like, all right, who's going to cut my hair? Because Yo, you're away from your home facts. barber. So was that your idea? Like, all right. There's no like home. There's no like barber here. Yeah, like what led you like just cut hair? You were just like f- like fuck it. Well, or like did you have like someone that you knew who was cutting hair, or like did you just look at videos? Like nah. what influenced you to like get into hair cutting? To be completely honest with you, bro, I was 20 minutes away from my house, so I could have went back to the hood and got my hair cut. But I wasn't trying to go home, man. Like I was dorming. Like I didn't talk to my parents for weeks on end sometimes because mm-hmm. I'm trying to get that full blown experience of being away. You know what I mean? So. For some reason, as a child, I was always intrigued by the art of cutting hair, right? I'll be nine years old, and I'll feel my barber, like, cutting my line, and I'll just be curious as to what he's doing, why he's doing it. It's very satisfying to watch. It is. I'm not going to hold you. So then, you know, as I'm getting older, I'm asking my barbers, I'm like, yo, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? What are you putting on the clipper? Oh, this and that. Okay, okay, cool. So, like I said, end of freshman year, I got these clippers, and I guess the interest that I've had building up all these years finally came to light. At that moment, and I bought the Clippers, bro, and the rest is history. I went from charging free haircuts to to $3 shape-ups, $5 cuts, $5 shape-ups, $7 cuts, $7 shape-ups, $12 Let's cuts. Let's be real. You were fucking up, man. Oh, bro. <laughs> you were fucking how up, did, man. Yeah, wait, wait. How, how did you learn how to cut hair? Because obviously you was fucking up, man. True, so. true. Um, YouTube, bro. YouTube and literally just word of, like just talking to my barbers. YouTube's everything, bro. I'm yeah, bro. It, it really is. YouTube changed my life. YouTube taught me how to edit videos, edit photos. Um, when I was a kid, 13 years old, I used to be a hardcore gamer. Like I'm talking game battles. I'm playing with headsets on. Like I'm playing professionals. Battles, bro, yeah, I was yeah. I almost got sponsored, bro. Like my team was second page. We were wilding, bro. We were on the US ladder of 15,000 teams. We were ranked 29. I had yeah. people like asking me. But YouTube, man, YouTube, YouTube, and then just asking my barbers, like, what are you doing and why? And then with YouTube, it was just like trial and error. Oh, bro, I still mess up cuts today. I'm not going to lie to you. Mm, But that's just that's that's what comes with the industry, bro. Exactly. You know, but now how am I going to go about fixing this mistake? Mm -hmm. Right. That's 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 what comes into play now. But for the most part, I try not to fuck up. But I'm human, bro. It, It happens, you know. But yeah, back then I was butchering cuts oh my god i look back at haircuts I today see pictures bro yeah I, i'm gonna <laughs> I see if i can get y'all some man <laughs> on my funny. old laptop but so butchering so how did you all right so when you graduated what was that point where it was like all right i'm not gonna pursue um the news reporting industry i'm gonna pursue cutting hair cutting. so that came about a year and a half after i graduated 
So right out of college, I was trying to get back into Fox 5 because they have what's called a six-month training program where I pretty much would have been doing what I was doing as an intern much more, and I would have been on payroll, so a part of union and whatnot. Right, and then they just... And then they'll hire me based off mm -hmm. of the six months. So, you know, one thing that a lot of people don't understand is it's very, very difficult to get into a job in that industry. It's not like being a nurse and you can get your... You, you take your NCLEX. And then you're in. And now you're in. You can apply to... Um, uh, urgent care, a hospital, a private yeah. institution. And there's always someone who, who's sick, so they always exactly. want someone off. Exactly. It. So it was very tough. I'm limited to News 12, Channel 7, Channel 1, Channel 11, and Fox 5, pretty much, right? It's five, six, seven channels. Um, I had a conversation with my mentor in the barber game. His name is Mars, at the Mars Touch. Greatest barber in the nation after me, feel me? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's my mentor, man. He taught me, and he... He put me under his wing, man, and I'm extremely grateful for him. He's a he's a barber based out of um, Los Angeles now. So if you guys are interested, you guys are in the L.A. area, whenever you guys let me know, I'll try to lock you in with him. And that goes for the viewers as well. We were sitting down, and he's like, yo, check. This was about a year after. I wasn't really getting no callbacks from Fox 5, News 12. I had one interview in News 12. Apparently, they were offended at some of my cho my choice of words. Um, I said They asked me, where do you see yourself in five years? I'm like, I'm going to be a news anchor. And I'm willing to work from the bottom up. I said that verbatim. Apparently, the position I was going for, which is a producer, isn't on the bottom. And they got offended by that. Mm, so they didn't They didn't wow, hire me. Wow, that's crazy. They didn't hire me, man. And I, ugh, it still bothers me to this day, but it is what it is. So I'm sitting with Mars, and he's like, yo, bro, your plan A will never be executed as long as you have a plan B because your energy isn't, or your focus isn't 100% on the A. It's probably 80 and 20 to the B. He's like, if you could choose which would be your plan A, which would it be right now at this moment? And I said, barbering, and my life changed forever. Right. Uh, didn't um, Lamelo Balls, what, what, LeVar Ball said that about his sons? He was like, he said a quote on Instagram. He said, if you, if you have a plan B, your plan A is not going to work. That's just the truth, man. That's, that's literally the truth. And that conversation made me realize that. And then I, now I apply that to everything in my life, especially now because I have a lot going for me. But, um, yeah, man, that goes to anyone. Listen, it's all good to have a plan B. I get that. I understand that. But at the end of the day, the reality of it is that you can't have one if you really, really want to succeed in that plan A because the plan A needs 100% of your so, focus. So you got you got to... basket, bro. Exactly. You got to be willing to die for what you're trying to get at. Like oh, facts. You got to be... Cr and this is words for my, from my college coach, Coach Muller. Shout out Mount St. Vincent Dolphins. Um, you have to be willing to die for it and you gotta be insane for your craft. Like people have to look at you like, yo, check, you're crazy. Mm -hmm. He applied that to baseball. And that's how I feel about cutting hair. I was on vacation for a week. I feel nuts that I haven't cut hair. I go crazy after two days and I cutting hair. Like literally, like I'm itching for it. Like I gave one haircut today and I'm like, ooh, it feels yeah. good to be back. That's that's me with like working out when I was playing football. That was me in football too. I was like crazy for it. Unfortunately, my football career you know, and it do the financial reasons, but that was that was me. You know, and that's me right now with like fitness. Like, I don't work out one day, or like I'm out the business for like a day. I'm like, nah, I need to get back. Yeah, I need to get like back. You find for that it. one like a, thing that you really love, bro. You, just you know what I mean? Yeah, man. You 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 gotta be willing to die for it, and you gotta be insane for it, bro. Like all money in, like Nip said again. So, RIP, man. So um, again, like with that drink, how was your first client or you, that first experience at the barbershop? Because no. we all know... Like, when did when you really start getting, like, your first yeah, job in cutting Because we hair. all know, right, stories of barbershop, right? So, when you go in the barbershop and, like, your barber's not there or he's taking a little while, the new barber's kind of look at you like, 
And you're just like this. You just like, like this. Away, yeah. like, and you're like this. You're like, you're like. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want. I don't you to want touch he's my like, head. yo, yo. And you're like, uh, I got, I got, I got Pedro coming right now. Right, especially if he's in the first chair, which I wasn't. Uh, but so that's a great question. So my barbershop was set up different from the get go. It was not your typical six chairs, one long bench, white and black checkered floors. None of that. Uh, my fraternity brothers. I'm I'm a part of Lambda Sigma Upson on Latino Fraternity Incorporated. My frat bros teamed up, opened up a shop, and then the master barber, who's Mars, is also a bro. Mm -hmm. So they really put, they all put me under the wing, and they set it up to where it was a luxury grooming studio in the hood, too, in 168 3rd Avenue in the Bronx. Um, Bronx. In the Bronx, yeah. Sorry, it's the accent. <laughs> but um, so I never had that typical feel of people walking in like, yo, who is this guy? Because I was that guy. Mars and I were that guy because we opened up there. Mm. You feel me? But don't get me wrong. I started at 2025 after cutting for $12 four months before that in school. So it was very, I was very nervous. Yeah. Very nervous. That was like, mm -hmm. That's oh, like me man. with training. When, when I had to like raise my prices or when I set my first price on my own, when I set my own, I was like, uh, this is too much. Yeah, I was oh. like, I think like, this is too much. But now I said, "Fuck it, what I got to lose?" Nerve wracking. It's Boom. nerve wracking. You it never really know. is. You never know who really willing to pay for it. So. Yeah, man. But um, I would say my first client in the shop, it was on the soft opening, and it was a friend of one of the owners. I was nervous as hell, bro. I was like super nervous. Like, yo, am I gonna fuck this guy's hair? Excuse was, me. Was he was you like this? Was you was like this? He was like, mm -hmm. I wasn't shaking. Mm -hmm. He was like, nah. Just mm -hmm. <laughs> to give him the Robocop, bro. He was like, nah, it's a machine, man. Don't nah, worry, nah, nah, it's nah. a machine. <laughs> nah, man. So I was more just nervous in my head. I wasn't showing my nerves though. You know what I'm saying? I was just more overthinking because I unfortunately I overthink about like everything in my life. We all do, bro. We all do. <sighs> Sometimes it's a bit too much, but whatever. Um, yeah, bro. So I'm just nervous. I'm nervous, but I ended up flexing him, man, and he was comfortable, and he ended up giving me thirty bucks, and I was like, whoa, like Damn. this is my first official haircut, and I actually still got. So before we had like the POS, we used to. I used to. I used to be commission based, so the the own the shop would get like. 40% of my cuts. Mm -hmm. So I would write receipts down on which cuts that I did, how much it was. And I still have like my first six, seven haircuts in my drawer. But it was nerve wracking, bro. And apparently it was good. I mean, he didn't have complaints, but it it was cool to mm -hmm. have my first client work in the shop. And, you know, it, it was, I went through every fucking struggle you think I would go yeah. through, bro. I went through watching Mars cut six, seven people a day. And I'm over here cutting four people a week. And we talking about I'm in the shop six and a half days of the week, bro. So I'm making what I have to pay weekly. So I'm not making no money at this no, point. No money. Yeah. And you're just like watching them get it 10 times faster. Like you feel like you're bro. on the sidelines per se. No, I, I literally yeah. was on the yeah. sidelines. Mm -hmm. But there's two ways I could have went about that. I could have stood on the sidelines and mope around and be depressed. Oh, I'm not cutting nobody. Nobody likes me. Or I can sit, watch, and learn and study. And that's exactly what I did. I studied Mars, bro. I studied him. I studied how he went about a haircut, what he did. I studied how the client walked into how they walked out. Like, I'm I'm insane about this shit, bro. It's like, you I got to look at the bill. It's you know all the game, mean? bro. But, but all of that studying I did got me to where I'm at today, bro. The, so, study, the study and the application of it, too. Yes, the study and the application is key as well. I can't believe I forgot to say that. But applying what I learned over the days, over the years... Beautiful so thing, how'd man. you so how'd you move up from that? So like being pretty much like the new guy, like where was where did you go after that? Like how did all like how did you like come from like this little guy to like the big dogs? Like oh, man. how was this like evolution of check? So uh, I was always shadowed Mars. I was always shadowing Mars. Everybody knew it was checking Mars and shout out Loso, my boy Loso. Um it was always us three. 
And then we had a revolving four. We had like another four who would go in and out until we got Marcy. Shout out Marcy. Um, and I mean, by the time everybody else got in there, I was pretty much like the the second dude. Like because I've been there since day one. But um, how did I get there, bro? Just studying, cutting as much as I can. And once I had that conversation with Mars about making barber my plan A, that changed my whole confidence. That changed my demeanor as a barber. That changed the the product that I was putting out. That changed the way I faded, the way I felt about giving a haircut. And it just, it went up from there, bro. Damn, so where'd you go after that? So how'd you like you and him separate? And how did you get into like your own business of, you know, check? Yeah, man. So Mars got recruited to work at a shop called Elegance, which is now known today as Level 3. And it was probably the most known barbershop in the nation. Like I'm talking about people walk in there expecting to pay 100 because that's the cheapest haircut you'll get. That's on Melrose Avenue. They don't exist anymore as a barbershop. But once Mars left, all his clientele came to me. 99% mm. because they didn't want to go anywhere. And all of those people have been seeing me cut and get better for the past year. So they trusted me. And, of course, they trusted Mars because Mars vouched for me. Once Mars left, that's when I took off, bro. I took off. I was booked a month in advance. I use a booking app called Booksy, and I still use it. I'm still booked a month in advance. But once he left, bro, if it wasn't for him getting recruited and leaving, I'm not saying I wouldn't be where I'm at today, but I'll probably just be like a couple more steps back, a couple more steps behind because his clientele that came to me is really what propelled my success in this industry. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? On top of me getting new clientele and promoting and just getting better, bro. So I would say him leaving really helped me out. His level up. Was his time, level up was time for me. Yep, exactly. Because there was, over, there was a bro. void there and you had to fill the gap. Mm -hmm. And he set the bar very high for haircuts, bro. It was like, he was at 60 when he left. I was at 40. So I was like, yo, damn, I can't just jump to 60. Like, I'm not, I'm not at that and, level. And like, were you, like, what's the tears of bar? Like, what, the lineup was very crisp? Like, what's the, what's the difference? Yeah, I'm confused. It's a great that. question, man. Um, I mean, to be honest, I want you to ask him. I want him to compare his haircut that he got with me. To his usual barber. And then that'll give you the answer you're looking right, for, bro. So talk about the experience of you going to Check Shop. So let me tell you even how I met Check. Because this kind of goes into, like, I guess, like, his also, like, his story on, like, his new place that he has and, like, his new clientele of people. So, like, one day we were on Instagram. And I'm just like, I'm you know, we just all just scroll through Instagram, yada, yada, yada. And then I got a guy and, and then this Check. And he hits me up and he's like, hey, man, you know, like, I do haircuts, this, this, and that. He's like, I'm really willing to give you a cut, you know, for, like, promotion. I think it'll be cool. I think it'll be a great experience. I'm not gonna hold you off rip. I didn't. I don't trust people like that on Instagram off rip because he just hit you, he just hit you up randomly. Yeah, randomly. And I was just like, okay, like I, I'm like, let me think about it. You know, what I'm saying like, what if I'm getting set up right now? I really don't know what's <laughs> happening because nah, that's like the first thing people think facts, of, especially bro, if you facts, don't know facts, someone. Facts, you know yeah, what I'm absolutely. saying? But like, I, I asked him a couple questions like, yo, where's it at? And then he asked if I use Booksy, and I was like, oh, I've definitely used Booksy for haircut actually before as well. And then um, after that, like he literally like it was all like history from there, bro. Like he. he gave me all the details i trusted his word and i actually took uh one of my friends with me and you know we went together she out here right now um <laughs> we went together and when we were in the back and yo it was all history from there we all came in and it was like a luxury experience it was definitely about it. a luxury experience how, so how was the luxury we walk in you know first of all it's in manhattan this is like beautiful like like i'm not gonna say like skyscraper but it definitely isn't a skyscraper it's a yeah so it's this beautiful place in midtown walking up and you know, I'm sitting, I'm waiting for the haircut, and we come in, and um, it's different, you know what I'm saying? Like, he, we walk in, very polite guy, and then 
as soon as I send the chair, it's one chair, right? So like, you know, when you go to a typical barber shop, there's like a whole bunch of chairs, like he was saying. So it's one chair, and it makes you feel like, like you're the man, bro. Like you're the man of the hour. And like you he are. said, um, like the cut was just phenomenal. Like the whole experience, he talks to you. If you're really feeling up to it, give you some douce, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He he like treats you like an actual like customer, you know what I'm saying? And it's not like you're just in and out the chair, you feel me? That you have a whole conversation, like you guys could take breaks. It's your time. It's like your time and your time to zone in. And you know, with a lot of barbershops or in general, they just cut your hair and it's like, all right, guys, like Keep see you later. Pushing. I'll see you next time. Not but like the experience that he gave me was like a lot more different. It felt very luxury and it felt like he actually cared about how you look. And he, we had this conversation actually while we were in the chair that a lot of men in today's world don't like care about how they look. And that's one of his biggest things that he was talking about. Mm -hmm. He's like, I want to make you feel like that you're the man of the hour, that you look great. And I think that's also very important. I think that's beautiful because I think men in general should care a lot more about how they look because a lot of men don't. Yeah. You know, in terms of like, like skincare, like healthcare, like yeah, nails hygiene. bro hygiene in general you know what i'm saying like it's, very, it's important mm -hmm. to look nice very and important. feel nice because no one wants to date a dude who's crusty you know yeah, what i'm saying yeah, yeah, for real, man. Like, i nah. mean sometimes it'd be crusty because i just be in the mud you know what i'm saying i gotta get a little <laughs> humble a bit and just you know see shit from a different point of view and nah, absolutely like, you know it puts me in a whole different perspective when i'm a little wolfing out and what the case would be i don't know it makes me just grind a little harder i feel you bro mm -hmm. and then when you get that cut you're like back Ooh. in business yes sir you and you're like <laughs> you're like yo yo uh yeah i know you see me i know i know you're looking at me and they're like ah not right now talk to you another the time right it, nah <laughs> listen man that's exactly what it is right and he said it he used the key word what I sell is not a haircut, y'all. I sell an experience. Mm. You with me? I okay. sell that, an experience. That's what I was waiting for, the difference. Because it's like, bro, what are, you, what are you selling? So mainly the experience yeah. of it. I walk you and through. And the haircut. Word for that. Word wasn't I walk you through, right? Design. So first off, I'm in Midtown Manhattan. I'm in a salon suite. You got to put in a code just to get into the building. That right there will rip is an extra $10 on your haircut. The privacy. The amount of security that my building it's holds. It's also like extremely like bougie. You walk into the whole oh. front desk. Oh, like what are you waiting Super for? Bougie. Like concierge. I'm like, Yo! You get water, tea, coffee, whatever you yeah. want. There's a bathroom there. There's two seating areas. There's a bunch of beauty professionals there. Eyebrows, waxing, body sculpting, lip fillers, uh, dry cuts, wet cuts, women cuts, uh, dye, color, everything in there. Mm -hmm. You walk in, boom, I greet you at the elevator. My room is about 80 square feet, so it's real intimate. Right, I tell people, listen, if you're coming with someone, they're not allowed unless you want them in there because this is your here. time. I told them just like that. Mm -hmm. I'm like, listen, I know they're here. If you ask me, they're not allowed. But if you want them in here, then they can sit in the corner. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened. But the, what separates me, bro, from other barbers that charge 20, 30, because it ain't even about the money yet. It's about the experience. I care, bro. I care about you and how you're going to look in two weeks after your haircut with me. Like, it's not about you saying, yo, yeah, do whatever, bro. It's cool. No, no, no. I'm not going to do whatever. That's not what I'm, like, that's what not what you're you paying want? me for. What do you want? Do you want your mustache this thick, this thin? Do you want this design? Do you want your beard to be sculpted a certain way? I will do it. I'm not doing what I think is best just because you're paying me. That's why all the barbers on the block do, bro. That's why you pay $30, you sit for 30 minutes and you go. They don't care. Mm -hmm. They just want your money. And they'll cut 15 people in a day, make X amount of money, I cut a quarter of those people make the same or more. So who's really working smarter? Mm -hmm. You with me? Not and on top of that, bro, I love what I do, bro. That's what separates me is my love and my passion for the game. So how did you get into this spot? You like what you own this spot or like what what was the venture? So unfortunately, Level Up, which is the the name of my previous studio that I was in, we had to close down because Marcy, 
kudos to you. Oh, congrats to you. She's off to ATL, bigger and better things. And then Loso, same thing. Congrats to you, my brother. He's going to mm -hmm. Dallas, Texas, mm -hmm. right? So it's not like the shop closed because we just didn't care. No, okay. We leveled up. Yeah. I was the last barber in there, man. And unfortunately, we just couldn't find three other barbers to fill in the seats. So, you know, we had to close down. And uh, it was real urgent because I only had like a two-week notice. Right. So yes. Mars has a salon suite in L.A. And I didn't know what it was called. So I'm like, yo, what is it called? What is it called? So I Googled where he was at, found out it was called Salon Suites. Googled Salon Suites NYC. Excuse me. I emailed them, JC Salons, within 15 hours, not even 10. I got a call. Hey, when do you want to come in for a, a tour? I'll come in right now. I'll cancel the rest of my day. Went, bro. I signed the lease in three days. Damn. I fell in love. What made you pull the trigger? <clears throat> the urgency, bro, of, of needing a new spot. And to me... And with success, you got to move fast when the opportunity comes. Exactly. Oh, you yeah. can't just be baiting. Nah, I can't, I bro. learned that. And with me, I knew the way that I upheld the shop, level up, any barbershop was a downgrade in the Bronx. There was no way I was going to be able to provide the experience I wanted to provide in another shop in the Bronx. Maybe in Manhattan, maybe in Brooklyn, but I'm from the Northeast Bronx. My brother, like, for me to work in Brooklyn, that's an hour and a half, two hour commute on the train. I'm not driving every day. So I was like, nah, F that. I want to get something in the middle of Manhattan. I really want to give an experience to you. I want just one room. I wrote all of this down six, seven months before, like eight months to the day, bro, ago. I wrote in my little black book what I wanted to do, and it happened. Ridiculous, bro. Manifestation. Yeah, maybe. ridiculous. So I guess the urgency is what made me pull the trigger, go see this, go do that, go do this. And now I have zero regrets, man. I love it. I'm my own boss. I've been my own boss for the past two and a half, three years. But now I'm really like, I own this studio. Like I, I'm, I, I own it for the next year. I paint it however I want. I can put up whatever I want. I can have whoever I want in there. I can do whatever services I want. I don't, I don't, no so, one tells me nothing. In, in terms of like your services and your business, right? Like, so say someone wants to get a haircut from check. What's the check package deal? All right, brother. And so how much does it cost for people to get a check? And why do you charge what you charge? Absolutely. So basic services start at 50 bucks. Whoa, $60. That's a haircut, no beard. A haircut, anything falls on their haircut from a tape up, a fade, a mohawk, a faux hawk, a scissor trim. Bald. <laughs> bald, yeah, you know, for a bald. And then it goes up depending on facial hair. Right. So a haircut with you would be 70, as with you for 70. Um, for my man's over there, 70, because he got a beard. My man's <laughs> over here. If he decides to get his hair cut as well, 70. So, so my man Josh, he got he got a nice bean. Like, okay. you, you, you clean it up. Oh, yeah, man. Nice so if, shiny, if, listen, man, if you ever want the baldy, I got you, man. I I give you the best baldy you ever got, all right? <laughs> <laughs> nah, but um, so those are basic haircut services, and then I have packages, which is where if you look on Booksy, so that's the app that I use, appointments only, I do not do walk-ins. Mm. If you inquire via DM for an appointment, if I have space today, I will ignore you. I'm not doing that. It's very stressful for me to plug in appointments via text or DM when I have people using the app, going through the necessary yeah, it makes steps. Your life 10 times easier. When you go on Booksy, you'll see your basic services and then you have a section that says, check yourself. I love my name, I can use it. It's very marketable. Check yourself. You have a, a quarter check, half check, full check. Quarter check is a head wash and a haircut. Um, half check is a head wash, basic facial, so just facial cleanse, hot towel massage, black mask, moisturizer, haircut. And then a full check is a full facial. So I got the steamer, the exfoliation scrub, the microdermabrasion, which is removal of blackheads, um, hot towel massage, black mask, two drinks. Oh, two drinks come with the other two as well. And a full haircut and a head wash. And um, the, the most expensive service starts at 150 goes up depending on facial hair. Damn.
Yeah. Sounds like a whole like men's spa day. And that's Ooh. what I'm promoting, my brother. Like, how many times did we hear growing up a dude gets his nails done, right? How many reactions would you get where they're like, yo, this nigga got his <laughs> nails done. You see this? <laughs> so what? Right? I got my nails done. My shit's is manicured right now. But that's what I'm promoting, bro, is that what he was saying earlier. Men need to understand that it's not gay or shaky to take care of yourself. Like, how- <laughs> Ex- explain to me what's gay about cleaning your face every day. All right. And I guess you pay for what you get. You pay- Exactly, bro. Um, and but that's why I charge what I charge yeah. too, because and that's why Casey paid a hundred dollars for a black key lanyard. Makes oh, sense, exactly. Yeah, you know, <laughs> so he won't lose his keys. <laughs> exactly, that that makes sense. At the um, end of the day, it's all about quality, bro, and that's what I'm promoting. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I like quality over quantity. Right. Again, that still makes sense. Why he pays a hundred dollars for a black key lanyard? You know, something to hold. He getting money. I need to get money like him, bro. I'm oh broke. God. Check what's. What was the highest? What what was the highest point of your career thus far, and what was the lowest point in your career, and also what is your goals going forward? Beautiful question, man. Highest point would probably be either. I, I so I haven't got to a celebrity status just yet, but I'm like right there. Like what was the moment I was like, oh man, um, I cut I cut Brandon Finessen, which is Lil Uzi's producer. Okay. And I was in the Airbnb, and I'm talking to him. And I'm like, yo, like I'm, I'm really cutting someone that's about to be with Lil Uzi in an hour. Mm-hmm. Like this is his man's, like his boy. And I also cut Ron Suno. Um, mm. I, I cut him on a reg. I used to cut him on a regular. He just performed at Rolling Loud this weekend, and he's going up by the day. But um, unfortunately, time just isn't always on my side when it comes to these influencers when they hit me up because they need it right then and there, which I understand. Yeah. Yep. But they also have to kind of respect me, and I am not the type of barber that's just gonna jump uh, yeah you know like chill out dude like uh, you know nah, you your gotta time hold your, is everything you so. gotta hold yourself to your yeah, standard man. absolutely yeah. so that that's that's those are one of the highest points when i'm just cutting ron suno and i cut brandon finessing and then a low point um I, th- I would say in the beginning but in the beginning beginning when like i said i was cutting one person a week and i was genuinely questioning like yo do i really want to do this shit yo like i'm out here working with my dad six to seven from six in the morning to three at night uh, three in the afternoon, and then driving to work at four o'clock in the afternoon to work to seven and cutting nobody. Like, I felt like I was wasting my time. Mm-hmm. I was genuinely questioning, like, yo, what am I doing? Like, I'm about to just be in a warehouse with my dad, bro. Like, I'm really about to follow his his footsteps. I don't want to do that. I know he don't want me to do that. That was a low point, bro. I was really questioning a lot. I was, you know, my living situation to this point isn't ideal, right? Like, I'm in the living room in a two-bedroom with my uncle and my father. I'm grateful. Don't get me wrong. I have a roof over my head. You know what I'm saying? Not a lot of people could say that. Like, I'm super grateful, bro, and I'm working on getting out. But the way my life's been set up, unfortunately, I had to put that on the back burner because, you know, if I would have settled and went to another barbershop, I would have been struggling, bro. Or you would have you know been at the same spot. Yeah, I don't want to yeah. do that shit. I don't want to become stagnant, man. You know, I, I'm never comfortable, bro. Right. I'm never stagnant. I'm never content. What's the What's the next step? Like, what are we going to see from Check for these next five years? Okay, so uh, I have a lease for one year where right. I'm at. Um, Depending on who my clientele and where I'm at in that year, I'll probably renew it and stay one more year in New York City until I can get a reputation enough to wherever I go in the nation, I'm going to always have a clientele. But in the next five years, I'll probably still have that room, but I'll be renting it out to someone, someone worthy enough to represent Studio to represent Check. You. So Studio yeah. Check is what my my place is called. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. It's called Studio Check. Um, so until I feel I've met a barber worthy enough or a stylist or a hair sculptor, right? Worthy enough to represent Studio Check, I will step out from that 
and then I'll open another one. I eventually want a storefront, probably two or three chairs, but I want only the elite of the elite. But as of now, I'm working by myself. In, in New York City, and then uh, and then New York City, run? probably Los Angeles, and maybe Dallas. Like I want, I want to be in major cities, bro. Damn. You know what I mean, yeah. And I also have a beard company. Um, it's a partnership with my partner Tay Tanisha. What's going on? Um, called Beard Check. 100% natural oils, vegan, non-GMO, not tested on animals. Um, she creates the formula herself. We make it in my place. We pour it into the bottles. Everything is legit. Um, right, I should be your sponsor, man. Listen, no, no, no. We could definitely yeah, we could nah. talk about that, bro. Because I want an, I want ambassadors, but I want like solid ambassadors with the yeah. following. With you know, that's a whole nother conversation. But yeah, I have that. I got a legendary beard, as you can see in the it's camera. A good beard, look, man. I look like Gandalf. No, I look sure, like yeah. uh, Kratos. You know, I'm, I'm a oh, Greek god. You feel me? Know about that? Just look Fucking at me. Oh, god, this guy. I'm nice. But yeah, man. So Not within the lot. next five years, like I said. Um, probably another location, definitely another location. Um, I have my beard oil that's gonna be jumping, and then the shirt that I'm wearing is actually my shirt, bro. So I do this thing on Instagram every now and then. Where it used to be every day, but I just been getting busy. I say it's a great day to have a great day because mm. it always is a great day to have a great day. You know what I'm saying? And that quote right there really touches a lot of people every day. Every day, people look forward to yeah. it. So I figure why not capitalize on it? You know what I mean? So I'm gonna be dropping shirts. I'm coming out with a, a line called GD Apparel. GD just stands for Great Day. I'm gonna be selling these soon. And yeah, bro. Where that shit? That shit fire. Word, yeah, word. Thank you, gentlemen. Um, I got three colorways. Word, that shit is fire. I'm definitely gonna cop that shirt. Appreciate and that. you definitely gotta sponsor me before I cop that shirt. So, <laughs> got you, it's, it's gotta, it's gotta be two ways. <laughs> Listen, one hand helps me the other. It gotta be two you. ways. All right. So before we close out, what's the final words or what's the message that you that you want to get out before we close out? Man? Listen, and what's man. some advice that, that you, you would can give also someone? Give yeah. to people for the situation you've been in because you were really at like the lowest of the low. Yeah, bro. You know what I'm saying? And he's still he's still not at his pinnacle, right? At he's all. still Far in the same it. in the same environment per se. You know, he leveled up with his career, but he's still where his foundation is is kind of still still there. Yeah, there Absolutely. Yeah. But he's leveling up, but it's gonna take time to until to that. get to where he wants. So he's still at the same level as us. So, you know, what Facts, advice bro. can you tell the people before we close out? Yeah, man, just to, to piggyback off that, I ain't nobody special. I don't want y'all to think I, you know, I hold myself on a very high pedestal, but that's me, man. As you should, as you two should as well. You, you got to go through adversity. You got to take L's like you were saying earlier. And I'm still taking L's to this day. And it's important what you do with those L's. Do you sit and embrace it, learn and push, or do you sit and mope and downgrade after that? I'm never doing that, bro. I'm never moping. I'm taking my L's and I'm running with it. You will go through adversity, but you need to get through that. My own father doubted me with his barbering career. He sat me down. He's like, yo, so you telling me you went to college for nothing? Get degrees for nothing? I'm like, yo, dad, yes. And I told him these six, same exact words, trust the process because the process is always very long and success is not an overnight thing because if it was, everyone would be successful. Mm. But it takes a lot of courage, a lot of heart. That's the main thing, a lot of heart, bro. And a lot of like... Mental endurance. Ment yes, yes, yes. Mental endurance to get to where you want to get to, man. And I'm, I'm not valid. I'm not perfect, bro. I'm not, not in my pinnacle. I'm still struggling in many ways, but I'm just struggling different now. Right. You know what and, I'm saying? And Again, I think the people around you sometimes, or the people that doubt you, you know, that are close to you, they sometimes doubt you, right? Let me rephrase that. Because they don't understand it. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to, as we all know, they want to put their fears and the limits on you. Can't yeah. And they can't see, they can't see your vision. You know why? Because it's your vision. Absolutely. And the same goes for me too. Like I have certain aspirations, goals. I No offense to my mom. I tell my mom, I tell certain people about it. And they look at me like I got 10 heads. Well, I'm like, no offense, like, 
the, the, that's my mother. Like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, pause yep, and yep, you yep, screw yep. you a little bit. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? You got to be selfish with yourself and you believe in yourself at all costs. And if you fail, fuck it. You fail believing in you. You have to, bro. And just to give some words to the viewers, man, just keep pushing, bro. Just trust the process. and You're literally capable of whatever. I don't think people understand how powerful the mind is, yo. Like, right. that goes for everybody in this room right, right now. You ran down the shit. You, you ran down the shit and you're living there right now. Yo. Boom. And crazy. Same, same shit with me, man. I ran some shit. And it came and it came to light and it's insane. But check, um, I thank you. You know, you For was sure, a great man. guest. Um, very open, very vulnerable, detailed with your stories. For sure. And I could tell you definitely did reporting because the way you was dialoguing the how many numbers? You ever see like those commercials yeah. and they say, "Oh, ladies and gentlemen." Yeah. So yeah, man. Um, thank you for your time. Thank you for your story. You're officially in the community of brothers in the deep end. Deep end. Love it, man. And. Hopefully, we get to be on your pod. Oh, yeah, for sure. And Casey, you have any last words? No, I just want to say, you know, thank you, Check, you know, for coming in here and, and telling your story to the rest of the world. You know, I think it's hard for a lot of people to be vulnerable and explain themselves a lot. So I'm really glad that you're here with us and you got out of your situation and, you know, you aren't in the deep end anymore. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And I, I think it's beautiful that you're here with us today. And thank you for this opportunity. Absolutely, guys. Thank you. Come with you, you thank you so saying? much, man. Once again, the honor is mine. I really appreciate you guys. Met him one time off of a cut, and now look at us, man. Yeah, one, is... one, he met Casey one time, and look at this vibe. Yeah, man, you know what I'm saying? That's that's all it's about. It's the experience that I sold him, you know? Yeah. And and if you guys want to follow that, man, you guys can follow me on IG at Yo Check It, Y-O-C-H-E-C-I-T. Right, we'll put it on the bio. Yeah, for sure, man. And then, and then boom. DM, inquire about whatever, man. And like I said, it was a pleasure, gentlemen. Thank you so much. Boom. Look, moving different, you know I'm already custom made Said you wanna play with me, there's just a different game Trying to make it to the end, it's just a crazy maze Here for the long, you know I'm about